This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Wharton Customer Analytics recently held their third annual Accelerator Challenge, where corporate executives worked with Wharton and Penn students to try and solve some of their most pressing issues in a variety of areas. One of the companies that worked with Wharton and Penn students was confectioner The Ferraro Group, maker of Ferraro Rocher chocolates. Erin Breland is the head of BI and analytics at Ferraro. She joins us on the phone. And in studio is Nikki Bowser, who is a Wharton student who was involved in this specific project. Nikki, nice to meet you. Hello. Erin, great to have you with us today. Hi, thank you for the invitation. Thank you. So, Erin, this obviously is a, is a unique idea, unique concept, I think, overall, to, to work with MBA students to see if there's a way to better, in, in many cases, the marketing of your products. How did, how did Ferrero view this, this opportunity? Well, we understand that the, the space is evolving very rapidly. Data science, data analytics, and approaches is a space that's really moving quick. And we, in the house, we have a lot of expertise in understanding data, but we really have a very historical legacy perspective. And we have such solid views about our brands that we really wanted a completely outside view. Even our regular agency partners continually, you know, understand how we think about the world. And we just didn't want anybody to tweak the findings to kind of please us, if I can put it that way. So we thought, okay, let's get some students who think completely different, who don't know this space, to come in and use some maybe advanced techniques and tools and and teach us something new. So we were really looking to to learn something new from the exercise. And I, and I think we did. It was a really great experience. So Nikki, tell us from your perspective, what this process was like. And, and I guess your interest to get involved with it in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think as an accelerator challenge, it's really interesting to be able to interact with real world businesses. Um, they constantly tell us at Wharton, analytics is something you have to do, not, not something you can set in the classroom. And so the accelerator is a really great way to get that experience. So it was myself, another MBA and four technical analysts that were undergraduates that really had the robust kind of coding and programming skills. Um, and I think Coming from a place of not knowing anything about CPG, the data that Erin and her team were able to provide was super interesting and um, helpful for us to actually just dive into an industry in basically five weeks. Um, that's kind of the beauty of the Accelerator Project is it's very short but very intense. So you get a lot of learning in a very short period of time. So, Erin, when you look at, at your products, what was it specifically about the mindset, about the approach in marketing the products that, that you have that you really felt that, that needed a second look? Yeah, so if you've looked in the news lately, especially in the U.S., Ferrero was making a lot of acquisitions. So we've traditionally supported a set number of very, very strong brands globally. However, the rate at which we're acquiring new brands that deserve, that deserve the same amount of, let's say, share of voice has increased dramatically in the past few years. So we acquired Ferrara Sugar Confectionery. We acquired all of Nestle Chocolate and their brands, so Crunch, Butterfinger, we recently acquired Keebler and famous Amos brands from the Kellogg Company. So our portfolio of brands is expanding rapidly, and our marketing budget to support those brands is not expanding at the same pace. So what we want to do is not to decrease any of our spend because we're strong believers in, in good advertising and strong TV advertising, but we want to make sure that we're getting the most efficiency out of the allocation across our brand portfolio. So what we're really trying to do is help to understand how can we leverage a halo effect that we believe we have in some places that are very strong to free up some advertising dollars for some of our 
smaller brands or newer ones to the portfolio that we want to support. So it's really a shift in our entire organization due to our growth that that caused us to start to think this way. So go back for a second, if you can, explain what that halo effect actually is. Sure. So essentially, um, in Europe, we have a brand called Kinder, which was just recently launched in the U.S. with Kinder Joy. So you may be familiar with the children's eggs that has a toy inside. My son, Kinder, ab- my son absolutely is. Yes, I have two kids, too. So <laughs> they're very happy I work here. Um, but in Germany, our portfolio has more than a dozen different Kinder products. So when we advertise one, the question was, do we get halo impact in sales of another? That might even sit in another category because we have Kinder biscuits, we have Kinder chocolates, we have Kinder in the bakery section. So where do we see halo effects from advertising one Kinder product across the portfolio? And how can we best leverage those to make sure that we distribute the halo and that we pull the levers that are going to give us the most advertising bang for the buck, if I can put it this way. So then, Nikki, you get to this point. This idea is presented to you. You and your your partners in, in this group are looking specifically at what? Yeah, so we were actually, there's a very traditional way to look at this called a marketing mix model, um, which is basically a linear regression, not to get too technical, but you basically put in all the variables you can and see which are, are positively correlated with sales and which are not positively correlated. So we were putting together um, what the actual sales of the product were at a weekly level, what the spend on advertising was across the entire portfolio and at a product level, um, what competitors were spending, and then in CPG, something that is also really important is what it, like trade spend. So what are they spending for shelf space and things like that? Right. And so that wasn't what we were studying, but we did want to include it in the model in case they were um, confounding. So we were we basically, as I said, they have a lot of Kinder products in Europe. So it was basically um, 25 products plus times 50 weeks over multiple years. And we were trying to see if there was consistent correlation between increased sales and product advertising across and, the portfolio. And, and you found out that you found out what? Yeah. So I think the easiest one to do is actually Tic Tac in the U.S. because there's only two products in the portfolio versus Kinder is very prolific. So they have Tic Tac Mint and Tic Tac Gum. Actually, they launched in the last few years. So we saw, I think as expected in the U.S., it's a very strong U.S. brand as both Mint or Gum were advertised it was positive for both of the others. So when Mint Gum was advert or when Tic Tac Gum was advertised, Mint sales also increased. Versus in um, Italy, where I think the brand might not be as strong, right. Mint sales or sorry, Mint advertising was actually detrimental to Gum sales, which I think makes a little more sense. So there's an element of this that that while the data may say one thing here in the United States, it may say something totally different in Italy or Germany or some other part mm-hmm. of the world. Absolutely. And that was part of the most fascinating part of the project was we were looking across four markets. So we were looking at the US, UK, Italy, and Germany, and the results were completely different in all four of the markets. So Aaron's team now has to take that and figure out what that means in each market for each product. So, so Aaron, from, from that point now, gaining this information, how do you advance those next steps? Yeah, so we're doing a couple things. I think the to use the term Nikki used prolific, I think uh, the team was so prolific at producing insight that we're still, you know, eight weeks later digesting some of the results and trying to understand how we actually put them in action. But our plans are to essentially start to do more of this at the central level to provide it as a service for 
our different markets and our different BUs, as, as they call the markets. So essentially, we, we believe we have a strong competitive advantage in developing great products and in also in advertising and supporting our brands. And we're trying to develop our in-house data and analytic capability to also become a competitive advantage. So what we're looking at is bringing the halo modeling in-house and Nikki's team really helped us to identify some of those variables that we can use across markets. So even though the results are different, the inputs were consistent and we can do the interpretation a little bit differently at market, but it really helped us to kind of focus in on what we can do that can be consistent across market to get learning for our but, brands. Erin, as you said, with, with the acquisitions that, uh, that Ferrero has made in recent time, I would imagine that the timing of doing something like this is probably pretty good because you want to be able to roll out a, a kind of, I would imagine, a similar or, you know, to replicate a strategy on mm-hmm. all of on all of these newer brands that, that you've acquired in the last couple of years. Exactly. So that's what we're trying to get ready for. So the acquisition process is a little bit of a long one. So we have some time. And so that's why we started with our existing brands so that we're ready. And when we are fully absorbing those new brands, we can apply the same methodology so that we have a have a really good optimization of our media advertising can you uh, can you estimate at this point what you think the bottom line impact is going to be from these potential changes that you will see in terms of the marketing of these products the so there won't be any bottom line impact in terms of spend so we intend to spend the exact same amount and we'll probably increase the amount we spend on media globally however we'll allocate it across a greater number of products which we expect to to boost sales across across all of them so that's that's sort of our intention it's not to save money on advertising again it's just to make sure that we can cover and support more brands for the same amount and that we're not saturating where we are already extremely strong, that we actually use that extra bit of halo love that we get from our consumers to support a new brand. So this is really our, our goals in this. And so we didn't actually look at you know ROI as even a factor because for us it's more about um, keeping the same level of spend or possibly increasing, but just spreading it across a larger family of brands. And, and I guess, Nikki, at this, and, and you're going to school here and, and learning about a lot of this stuff, but to be able to implement it, it, it is an important time to start to think about things like this when, when you're a company, when you're looking at how you want to best approach the next year, five years, 10 years, when you're looking at, at all of these different factors. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a big learning for us as a team and conversations with the Ferrero team is, okay, we kind of looked at it from an explanatory perspective, but that doesn't actually say if they go test in the market in yeah. these advertising changes that it will have that all of our insights will be exactly spot on and um, how they move forward. So we had a lot of conversations about how long do you test um, during what time periods because chocolate is very seasonal and like over Christmas you don't really want to turn off your advertising for example. Yeah. And so just thinking through okay like here is our insight and to actually get to change is a much longer process and talking through that with mm-hmm. the Ferrero team was very interesting. It, it's a fantastic uh, pr- a program and a fantastic idea. Nikki, all the best to you here in your studies here at, at Wharton. Aaron, thank you very much for your time today. Greatly appreciate your insight as well. Thanks so much. Thank you. Aaron Breland from Ferraro. Nikki Bowser, who is a Wharton uh, MBA student, joining me here in studio. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.